Boker Tov, good morning, and welcome back to our final installment in the uh, Dafyomi series on Moed Katan. We will be finishing up the Masachat in the Shior, and then uh, we'll be podcasting, hopefully later today, certainly before Shabbat, the first Shior on Masachat Chagiga. We are on Dafchav Zayin Amud Bet. Anyone who, who grieves too much for someone who's died, will eventually, one way of reading this is that eventually he will end up mourning for someone else. Uh, another way to, uh, to understand it means that he's really mourning for someone else. Um, and that there, there's another, another sadness that they never dealt with that's coming out. Now there's a story. There was a woman who was in Ravuna's neighborhood. She had seven sons. One of them died. She cried. She wept too much. She overdid it. So Ravuna said, said, He said, don't do this. She paid no attention. She continued to mourn and weep and evidently neglected her other children. If you listen to me, fine. Then you better start preparing shrouds for the other, the other dead. In the end, they all died. Then he told her, make a shroud for yourself. And in the end, uh, she herself died. And evidently, the sense of this is that she was someone who was so obsessed with her mourning that uh, in the end she became uh, the essence of mourning and then the essence of death itself, and she died. Alright, so this pasuk in Yumiyahu, uh, do not cry for the dead and do not nod your head for him. Altif kulamet means yoter midai. Obviously you're supposed to weep for the dead, but not too much. Vialtanudulo means yoter mikashir. Don't do more than the proper amount. Haketzad, so what's the proper amount? The first three days is weeping. The seven days is for Shiva, for eulogies, etc. And Shloshim is for avoiding uh, a sort of pleasurable, normal taking care of oneself, like cleaning clothes and uh, haircutting, etc. Beyond that, HaKadosh Baruch says, What are you more concerned with the dead than I am? I have to move on. This is something that the interested reader take a look at the end of Shmuel Aleph Perak Tetvav. You'll see, or the beginning of uh, Shmuel Perak Tetzayin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says you shouldn't be more compassionate than I am. B'chuv achol laholech. This pasuk, Ruyura laholech below banim. So this is the one you really mourn for. Mourn for someone who dies and has no children to mourn for them. Shmuel Levi lo azal levei avla lemanda azal below banim. So Rishon and Levi would never go to a Beit Ha'aval. We would assume, of course, this doesn't mean close friends and relatives, but he wouldn't go as a rabbi to a Beit Ha'aval, except to Beit Ha'aval, except if it was someone who died without children. So the association of seeing Eretz Molato, not only the land of his birth, but rather sort of his children. Right, said, what, what, what kind of person is this? This is not somebody who has gone, but rather somebody who has done an Avira and done it twice. And this is the famous statement of Ravuna, which is colloquially and tongue in cheek called the Heter of Ravuna. Ravuna, once a person does a sin and does it a second time, Hutralo, 
it is uh, permitted to him. Permitted? What it means is it now becomes something that he doesn't feel bad about, and he feels like it's permissible. And Avel should imagine for the first three days as if the sword is hanging right between his legs. From the third day to the seventh day, he should imagine that it's in the house in the corner. Uh, that he should see, from Kanva'elech, likely means through the end of Shloshim, he should imagine it as if it's waiting for him in the marketplace. In other words, the notion is that if one of his close relatives died, perhaps there was really a decree that he should die also and he was spared, and he should see himself, and this is a motivation for greater Yerat Shemayim, he should see himself as someone who is really under a death threat. In the Mishnah we studied in the previous year, we said that women, the bed is never put out in the street on Cholamoid for men and for women ever because of a dignity issue. He said, this is not all women. This is only a woman who died in childbirth because uh, she's bleeding and it's really, uh, people see this and it's very a great lack of dignity for her. Rabbi says, no, we don't put any women out there. When Miriam died, she was immediately buried. Parenthetically, he says that just as Moshe and Aaron, according to the Midrash, died, according to God's word, which Pshat means God commanded them to die, and they did, but the beautiful Midrash is they died with the mouth of God, as it were, divine kiss. Miriam died the same way. Moshe says, Vayamot Sham Moshe. Here it says, Vatamot Sham Miriam. Why doesn't it say Looking at Hakadosh Baruch Hu always in a male, as a male figure, so it looks it seems inappropriate for Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, to be described as giving Miriam the kiss of death. So why is Miriam's death put right next to the parsha Paraduma? The real question is on Parshat Paraduma. Miriam died at that point in the desert. But the story, the Parsha Paraduma, seems to have been given earlier. Why is it placed there? Just like Paraduma has some form of Kapara, and here there's a Machlok at Rishonim, if that means that the act of the Paraduma is a form of a Kapara on Cheta Egel, or whether it means that the Paraduma, the, the process of Paraduma, is mechaper for the the for the uh, the purifies the people so that they are able to effectively bring korbanot without being matame the mikdash. In either way, paraduma has a kavora component. So why is the death of Aaron associated with the big day kuna? Because immediately after Aaron dies, the clothes are put onto Elazar and he comes down with Moshe. Just like the clothes of the Kohanim affect a kaparad, notably, of course, the tzitz, but all the big day kuna are part of the service which affects kaparad atonement. Similarly, the death of tzadikim affects atonement. What if somebody dies suddenly? They're perfectly healthy and they drop dead. This is called a too quick of a death, as it were. If somebody got sick for one day and died, this is a rushed death. Let's see what this means. Chanan reads it differently. says, this is a death of a plague. How do we know? 
שנאמר בן אדם אינני לוקח ממך את מכון עיניך במגפה in the story that we have gone back to several times in this parak which is the death of Yechezkel's wife God tells him I am going to take the beloved one of your eyes your wife in a magifa וכתיב אדבר על העם בבוקר ותמות אשתי and Yechezkel said I taught the people in the morning and at night God took my wife so in other words uh, <coughs> in other words, uh, it was within one day. She was sick for one day and died, and that's called a magifa. Shnei uh, If somebody is sick for two days, zui mita dechuya. This is a uh, sort of a delayed death. Shlosha ge'ara. This means that God's angry at the person. Arba'a nizifa. Arba'a means four days means that God was a little bit displeased with the person. Five is sort of the, the proper way to go. The notion is you have a few days to put your affairs in order and to say goodbye and the proper vidui, etc. That's the way Chazal see it. Our sensibility, of course, is very much the opposite. We see any lingering death as being very painful for everyone involved. Sorry. Hashem Moshe, of course, was the quintessence of a beautiful death says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to me, Hein karvu Hein, we interpret as chad, because we'll see, Hein in, in Greek is well known, means chad, one. Karvu, they have come close, that's two. Yamecha, your days, that's two, so that's five. Hein, chad, shikein malachon yivani, korin lachat hein, in Greek it's one. Right, good, now there's a different uh, calculus given. If somebody dies at a particular age, what does that mean? If somebody dies at the age of 50, that's what we call karet. If somebody dies at 52, the idea is that Shmuel died at the age of 52, according to a tradition. We saw that in Tanit. Shmuel had to die early in order for Shaul to be crowned. Sorry, for Shaul to be deposed and David to be crowned. So there are there are two kinds of heavenly deaths. One is karet, and the other one less severe is mitabi de shemaim, like feeding tevel, etc. And that is at the age of sixty. Now Amar Zutra, my cried, ichtiva tavova kelach elay kever. Bekelach bigimatria shitinavu. This is uh, the pasuk in Eov. All right, that you're going to come with a kelach to the kever. Kelach is sixty. All right, shivim is seva. Um, Shivim is a good old age. 70 is a good old age. Shmonim gvurot. If you live to 80, that is living a powerful age. The famous pasuk in Psalm 90. Our days are 70, and if we live a strong life, 80. Rabbah disagrees and says, if you die anywhere between 50 and 60, that's karet. So why didn't they mention that in the Brayta? Because it's a little disgraceful to Shmuel who died at 52. When Rav Yosef had his 60th birthday, he made a big party for the rabbis. I see that I'm not Chayav Karet. So Abayah said, it was the party pooper, I see that you have uh, you, you've certainly got out of the Karet associated with years. But who says that you won't be chayav karet on a particular day? He said, all right, so I got half the battle I won. At least I haven't done anything for all these years. It's chayav karet, so I'm happy. Ravuna died suddenly. All the rabbis were concerned. 
So a pair from Mahadiv came and said, They were all concerned because they saw Ravuna died suddenly. Maybe there was a decree against all of the students. And um, this pair came and said, This is only if you have not reached the age of Gvurot. To die suddenly after the age of 80, that's a beautiful death. And that, of course, is much closer to our sensibilities today. So the length of your life, children, and that may be having children, and uh, and sustenance are all things that have nothing to do with your own personal schut, but mazel. Because Rabba and Rav Chista, both great uh, rabbis, righteous rabbis. Mar Mitra, Rabbi would daven and it would rain. Mar Mitra, and they would both either one would pray and rain would come. They're great tzaddikim. Chista Chayatishin Vitartin Shnino. Chista lived to ninety-two years old. Rabbi Chayarbain and Rabbi lived to forty. Beirav Chista Shitin Hilulin. Rav Chista's house there were sixty weddings. Beirava Shitin Tichli. In Rabbi's house there were sixty burials of children. These may be exaggerated numbers, but the sense is very clear that Rabbah lived a very uncharmed life. Uh, they used to give fine flour to the dogs, and they didn't need anything else. In Rabbah's house, they would give barley bread to the people, and even that they couldn't find. I asked for three things from heaven. They gave me two and not and one I didn't get. I asked for the wisdom of Ravuna. And the wealth of Ravchista. That I got. But the, the humility of Rav Baravuna, that I asked for and I didn't get. Because that's something b'schut. Rav Sa'orim, Achua de Rava, Havayativ Kame de Rava. He had an interesting name. His name was Rav Sorim, Rabbi Barley. The brother of Rava was sitting in front of Rava. Chazid of Akamanamnim. He saw Rava was uh, nodding off, but he was nodding off at the end of his life. Right? So he said, uh, Let me tell you, let, um, why didn't you tell the Malach? Rava said to him, Tell the Malach not to bother me. Malach Amavet, not to bother you. So the brother said to Rava, Aren't you his, uh, his buddy? And it's your great rabbi. Once my mazel's been handed over to him, you won't listen to me. So you, you try to intercede and get him off my back. So he said, let me see you. The Malach showed up. Sorry, Rava ended up dying. So he said, brother said to him, I want you to appear to me after your death and tell me what happened. So he showed up. Um, and, uh, and he said, uh, was it very painful? And he said, no, it was like uh, the pinprick of, uh, of, of bloodletting. Rava of a Yativ coming to Rav Nachman. So Rava was sitting in front of his Rebbe, Rav Nachman. Chazid to come He saw that he was nodding off. It was the end of his life. Amar le mar de lo said, let the, tell the Malachim to leave you alone. Amar le mar lav anam chashavu. He says, you're not an anam chashavu. Amar le man chashiv, man safin, man rakia. He says, who is chashuv? Um, and he says, who is Chashuv, who is important, who is uh, who is really fit? In other words, from the Malach Mavit, Chashivut doesn't make much of a difference. 
So Nachman asked Rabbi to intercede and say, please have him not bother me. Now, love tzaron may mean to not bother me. It may mean, on the other hand, to not make it a painful death. So show up to me in a dream and let me tell me what happened. So he asked if Nachman, was it painful? Like taking the cream off the top of milk. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu even offered me to come back into the world and do it again, I wouldn't do it. But it was very scary. Rabbi Elazar was eating truma. So Rabbi Lazar was eating truma. Um, and the Malach HaMavet showed up to him. And so he said, I'm eating truma, isn't that Kodesh? Right? And it's not appropriate that I should die now while I'm eating, while I'm eating truma, while I'm eating Kodesh. So Malach went away. If Sheshet uh, saw the Malach, he was blind, but he saw the Malach, Hamavis, and the Shuka, Marle, Vishuka, Kavahema, you're going to take me in the, in the marketplace like a Behema? Ita the Gabebeta, come meet me in the house. These are all stories of Amorim who were successful in delaying death. Vashit Chazile, Vishuka, same thing happened, Amarle, Itrachli, Tlatin, Yomin, Hadri, the Talmudoi. Give me 30 days to review all of my learning. The Amritu, because what you guys say in heaven, Ashremi, Shibalakan, the Talmudoi, Yado. Happy is somebody who comes here with his Talmud all organized. Let me give you 30 days to review. So on the 30th day, the Malach showed up. Oh, so Rav Huna said, why, Rav Ashi said, why are you so insistent on coming exactly on the 30th day? Right, so he said, because Rav Barnatan needs to be the Rosh Hashiva. No crown can sit, no, no, there can't be two crowns at one time. And therefore, you need to go now. You need to die now so that Barnatan can become the Rosh Hashim. Right? The Malach HaMavit couldn't get Rav Chista. Why? He was always learning. And you can't take somebody when they're learning. So what happened is the Malach HaMavit went and sat in a cedar tree. The cedar tree fell. Rav Chista was quiet for a second. He was startled. And that's when he t- took him. He couldn't even get near Rabbi Chia. So he appeared to Rabbi Chia as an Oni. He went and knocked on the door. He said, give me some bread. They brought up bread. He said, so you're so compassionate. Ananim, why are you not on me to give me what I need? Galilei, and then he showed himself to be the Malach HaMavet. Achvile Shota Denura. So he showed him, um, he showed him a, a fiery whip, or a whip of fire. Right, to show he's really the Malach HaMavet. Amtsile took out his soul. And that was the end, that was how, uh, that was how Abichia passed away. Good, the last Mishnah that we have in the Masachet. Nashim Bamo'ed Me'anot. On Cholamoy, the women, there were women who were hired. It was their job to lead the public mourning and wailing. And so on Cholamoy, they would do me'anot, we'll see what that means, but not metapchot, which we saw earlier meant something with the hands. The ones who are right next to the bed, even on Cholamoy, do metapchot. 
on, on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, Purim, which are less, but still days of some happiness, they do those two kinds of mourning, Vazev, Vazev, but on any of them, they don't do Mekononot, which is the more intense kind of wailing. Nikbar mate once the mate has been buried, they don't do any of this. They only do it in the presence of the beer. Inui, what is the Inui? Onot, Shikulan Onot Kachat, they all sing together. Kina, what's Kina? Shachat Medaber, Chulan Onot Acharad, that it's a call and response. Shemar, Avalamedna, Benotechem Nehi, Vishar Reuta Kina, one woman will teach her sister Kina. And there's her friends, uh, Kina. So Kina is a call and response. Atid Lavo, Omer, but what's going to be in the future? Bila, Mavet Manetzach, death will be forever swallowed up. And God will wipe out tears from all faces. Good. So now, my Amran, what is it that the women say um, when they are ma'anot? They say, Vaila Azla, woe to the one who is gone, Vaila Chavila, and Amarava, Nashi to Shachlitzi. What are the women in Shachlitzi? They were really pros at this. Amran Achi, they would say, Vaila Azla, Vaila Chavila. The Amarava, Nashi to Shachlitzi, Amran, they would say, God Garma Makacha. All right, they would say, uh, for a person who was very old, they would say, taking out the bone from the cheek, and the water goes back to the to the vessel. It's an old person. What would the woman in Shachan Siv say uh, if they were doing Avelut? Atuf uchsu ture, cover up the mountains. Devarami uvaravavihu. This was a very large person, a great person. They would say, Shayul uh, right, They would say, um, this, if this was somebody who was very poor, uh, somebody who had been wealthy and gotten poor, they would say, take a very fancy garment and put it on this person whose food ran out. Right, they would say, um, a person uh, fell, ran and fell onto the bridge, and he's still borrowing. Right, so this is somebody who was very poor. Right, they would say that um, that people are always people who are salesmen are always. I was exposed, as it were, checked out in the place where they're selling to see whether they are really honest. So evidently, this is an honest person. Right? They would say that uh, death is death, right? That everybody has to die, but the uh, the pain is the rebeat. So perhaps they say that this is somebody who went through a lot of pain before he died. It's better to go to the house of mourning to the house of rejoicing. It's all about death. Right? So he says that uh, whoever is going to more eulogize, let him come and eulogize. Whoever's going to carry the body, let him carry the body. Whoever's going to lower him, let him lower him. And some people say that um, that somebody who was not going to I'm sorry they they what they said what they said was the Ispadune uh, is somebody who um, 
who, uh, who eulogizes, will get eulogized. Somebody who buries will end up having others to bury him. Somebody who carries uh, a heavy load of eulogy will have others do the same, etc. The last one is um, the one who weeps a lot and will have other people will cry for him. But the other version is, is somebody who doesn't cry too much and then make himself to notice then they will uh, they will cry for him. Another Rabbi Shmuel's sons died, uh, and so four elders came in. Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Lozman, Azar, Rabbi Kiva. Amalam Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Tarfon said to Usha Chacham Gadolhu, Vakiba Gadot. You know that Rabbi Shmuel is very knowledgeable. So let each person say their thing. Rabbi Kiva, Mani Acharon. Rabbi Kiva said, I'm last. He was very humble. So Rabbi Shmuel, the morning father, said, I was full of sin, and therefore I have all this avelut at one time. And I've bothered you several times now to come. This is when Moshe says to Aaron and his sons, let everyone else mourn for Nadav and Avihu, and you continue doing the avodah. They're only known for one great mitzvah of bringing the korban before the Torah. Your sons did great many mitzvot, so certainly the rest of us should weep. So you were not, you're not bothering us. We should weep for their loss. This is in Lachim Aleph, Perak Yudalit. When Yeravam's son, Aviam, becomes sick, and Yeravam tells his wife to disguise herself and go to Achiyah Shiloni, the Navi who anointed him, to find out what will happen with the son, and he immediately uh, discovers who she is. He says, uh, why are you pretending to be somebody else? And he says, everybody will mourn for him. Achiyah says, everyone will mourn for him because something good is found about him. And all of Am Yisrael is going to mourn for him. Much more so your sons. My Davar Tov. So what was the Davar Tov that, that Yeravam's son did? They say two versions of the same thing. That he, that he got, went through the roadblocks and got through Shalayim. That uh, Yeravam had blocked off. Talked about that at the end of Masachet Tanit. Or the other one is that he counseled all the roadblocks uh, that his father had set up. That was the good thing he did. Right, this is Sidkiyahu, and he was told you're going to die in peace. He only did one good thing, and that was to pull Yirmiyahu out of the pit that he had himself consigned him to. What did Rabbi Kiva say? The weird pasuk, the strange pasuk from Zechariah. On that day, the day of Yom Hashem, the weeping will be as great in Yerushalayim as the weeping of Hadad Rimon in the Valley of Megiddo. The Amar of Yosef, Without the Targum, I wouldn't know what this meant. Vidana, who on that time, So on that day, the weeping will be as great as the weeping for Achav, who was killed by Hadad Rimon. 
And for the weeping of Yoshiau, who was killed by Paronicho in in uh, in Megiddo. Right, the king did one good thing. Ahab was a very bad king religiously, but politically was quite successful. But he said, He went to war against Aram, and he uh, and he defeated them. But he also stood up in the in the wagon in the chariot against them. He went himself to war, and nonetheless. His weeping becomes a model for weeping in the future. It's a question about Sidkiyahu. It says you're going to die in peace. And then it says that actually his, his kids were killed in front of him and then they poked his eyes out. So that's not very peaceful. What was the peace that Sidkiyahu enjoyed? At least Nebuchadnezzar died during his life. Yoshiao was told, because of all the great things you've done to cancel all the bamot and centralize the worship, etc., I'm going to, uh, you're going to die in peace, and yet Yoshiao was killed on the battlefield. The arrows shot, the archers shot him. They shot him so much that he became like a sieve. What was the peace that Yeshiao enjoyed? Of course, the simple way to answer it is he would have died in peace, except he he uh, took bad advice and went out to the battlefront. But the way that they understand it is that he died in peace in that the Beit HaMikdash was not destroyed in his life in spite of his father's terrible sins. Amar and his grandfather's Menashe. It's important halacha, people don't know. You come to an Avil's house, you're not allowed to open your mouth or say anything until the Avil speaks. After the opening story of Eov, and the friends come, and the three famous friends come, Eliphaz and Bildad and Sofar, and they come and sit around, they sit silently until Eov opens his mouth, curses the day he was born, the night he was conceived, etc. And only after his opening soliloquy do they respond. How do we know that the Avil sits at the head of the table? Just like people come to comfort a mourner, so I will sit at the head. This is again It sounds like I'm comforting others. Just like a mourner is comforted. In other words, the Mirzach, the one who has been afflicted and is pained, has now been made the head, uh, the one who is Marzach, who is embittered, has been made head to all the people who are coming to visit. How do we know that a Chatan sits at the head of the table? He sits leading the glory. Just like a Kohen is at the head, a Chatan is at the head. How do we know a Kohen is at the head? You shall sanctify. What does that mean? You're chayiv to sanctify and honor the Kohen. To say the first brach on the Torah. Benching. To get the first piece of meat, etc. The Kohen goes first. The Chatan goes first. Right, that it's Hey, for the neshama to leave the goof is like uh, like pu- pulling a, a rope, um, a rope 
a rope out, right, out of the out of the neck. Right, he says it's like. Um, it's like, uh, sorry, it's like a rope, like pulling a rope through the uh, the hook of a of a uh, of a boat. When you walk away from a mate, what you say is lech b'shalom, go in peace. The exact opposite for when you say goodbye to somebody who's alive. God says to Avram, you will come to your ancestors in peace. When Avshalom lied to David and said, I'm now going to go to Hebron to do a Corban that I promised, which really he went down there to start his revolution, uh, his rebellion. Um, uh, David said, And what happened to Avshalom? He ended up getting hung up in the tree and getting stabbed many times and killed. When Moshe said to Yitro after the the first grand vision at the Sned, he said, I have to go back to Mitzrayim to see what's happening to my people. He said, Lich lishalom, halach vitzliach. He was successful. If you go from the Beit Knesset, from davening to learning, or from learning to davening, in other words, from one mode of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, straight to the other, without interruption, then you will end up receiving Presence of the Shechina, Shinamar, Yechum Echayel El Chayel Yerael Elohim Sion. You go from strength to strength, and you are seen to God in Sion, which is a very good segue to the next Masachet about being seen before God. And he said, picking up on that idea that Tamanech Chachamim have no rest even in the world to come. They go from strength to strength. And they're seen to God in Sion. Sion he midrashically understood as Olam Haba. Adran Alach, Reilu Milgalchin, Veslik Olam Asachet Moed Katan, Shakoach to all of the students of the Daf Yomi, we've completed Masachet Moed Katan, and Mirza uh, Hashem, on the next podcast, we'll begin Masachet Chagiga.